baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Put this game away right now. Second down and goal, 13th play of the drive. Cook to the air, into the end zone, caught. And there's Luther Burton. Touchdown, Missouri. It is 7.45, time for our chat with Tom Ackerman at the New Bull BMW Toyota Sports Desk. Tom, I know we've got a lot to get to, but let's go back in time to that Friday night game. Mizzou winning the Cotton Bowl. The first three quarters were quite ugly. However, it ended up being a victory, 14-3 by Mizzou over the Ohio State University. Great win. You there? Uh, sorry, I didn't hear you. What oh, did you uh, say? Uh, just talking. Uh, we're replaying the Mizzou highlight. You know that game uh, was b- kind of boring and ugly for three quarters, but Mizzou came through in the fourth quarter, winning fourteen to three over Ohio State. Big win. Yeah, it was a great victory for Missouri. I mean, it's great for the brand, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, you look at college football is about brand. It's about recruiting. It's about continuing on. And Ohio State has that brand. And Ohio State did not play its full arsenal. Uh, Not as bad as what we saw yesterday from Georgia and Florida State. More on that in just a minute. But Ohio State's still Ohio State. I mean, they had their defense pretty much at full throttle. They lost their backup quarterback in the middle of the game, so they're playing a third-string quarterback. But Missouri did what it had to do. I mean, they took care of business, and they won the football game 14-3. to They won the fourth quarter. That's what Eli Drinkwitz preaches to his team. And they won the game fair and square. And, you know, for Missouri, this to me is more about Missouri, how they've played all year rather than who was on the other side. Even though it's great to beat Ohio State and, and it's great for the brand and all that stuff. This is about Missouri's brand, and Missouri needs to show that this is how they play football. They play a full four quarters. They have solid, not spectacular, but solid players on offense and defense, and they're going to come out and beat you as a team. And it's actually what they did all season long with two slip-ups, and they were really good teams that they played. I mean, LSU, which will show tomorrow when they play Wisconsin, I think they're going to destroy Wisconsin. And they'll show why they have the Heisman Trophy winner, Jaden Daniels, and and a lot of excitement. They were a really good team that Missouri fought tooth and nail and ended up losing the game 49-39. And then the Georgia game, which was very close, and Mizzou went down to Athens again, played Georgia really well, lost the football game. That's it. I mean, they went 11-2, and they won some big games this year, and they did it with the same style of play a punishing defense that probably doesn't get enough credit, a very physical defense that held Ohio State to three points, even though Ohio State's without Marvin Harrison Jr. and their quarterback transferred Mm -hmm. and all those things. Still, I mean, that's a good Mizzou SEC legitimate defense. And then on offense, you have all those weapons, Brady Cook, Cody Schrader, Luther Burden, the St. Louisans, that trio. And they do a terrific job. Uh, they win the game 14-3. to What we saw yesterday, Georgia annihilating Florida State 63-3 to in the Orange Bowl is very unfortunate and actually embarrassing yeah. to college football because 
you know, Florida State complained about not making the college football playoff. Now everybody's going to turn on the TV and say, well, see, they didn't deserve to be there. Right. But, you know, they were missing two well, dozen players uh, due to opt-outs or right. whether it was for their NFL draft status or whether it was for the fact that they transferred. They didn't have a team yesterday. Georgia had its full team yesterday, had something to prove, and came out and destroyed Florida State. So it's great for Georgia's brand, and I love the way that Georgia handled this whole thing. Now they can go back to their recruits, and they say, see, it's fun to play for Georgia. We might have lost Alabama in the SEC championship, but we didn't hang our heads. We've got two trophies back-to-back sitting in the case. We went out and we smoked Florida State because we're a great brand, we're fun to play for, and are you joining us or not? And and I thought it was a great way to handle it by Georgia. Yeah, but were some of those players sitting out because Florida State was kind of protesting not making the playoff? No. no okay. Some of those players sat out because whether they were opting out because of uh, the fact that they were upset about it, I mean, that's hard to say. You'd have to ask individual mm-hmm. players without speculating. A lot of them were getting ready for their NFL draft status. Others transferred to other programs. It, look, it was a it was a very, very disappointing finish for Florida State. I mean, they did nothing wrong. They went undefeated. They No one beat them. Georgia had their chance. Georgia could have gone undefeated and lost in, a, in an SEC championship game and therefore they knew they weren't going to make the playoff. They got bounced in the SEC championship game by Alabama, where you had three other conference champions, Michigan, Washington, um, and uh, Texas. And Texas all make it. So you knew that there was going to be a very strong chance, especially Alabama is now the SEC champion. Actually, I think Texas is the one that was sort of on the outside looking in from my perspective, Um, but they were champs too. You know, and and then they, in my estimation, battle with Florida State for that final spot, and they give it to Texas, and rightfully so. I mean, you know, looking back at it, I, I'm, it's just very disappointing that Florida State doesn't get in, and it, it's it's a broken college football system. They have five Power Five champions, and only four spots right. in the playoff. It doesn't make sense. And, and what you're left with is bowl games that don't matter except to go on vacation and have some fun and get some TV ratings and throw some parties. But you have players opting out that don't want to be there and don't need to be there, and agents are telling them don't do it, you're going to get hurt. So this is what we're left with. Well, so that that's that's the shame of it. But anyway, we're going to have a 12-team playoff next year. Exactly. Everything should be fixed. Well, we have a four-team playoff this year. So who's your national champion? I like Alabama to beat Michigan. I, I think that you know the, the problem with facing Alabama this time of year is they will not get pushed around. And that's really Michigan's M.O. is to beat you up with their run offense and set up a very good quarterback in J.J. McCarthy. Alabama's got too talented of a team to let that happen. And uh, this should be, I think, a close game. But I do think that Alabama will come away with this game. I think you give Nick Saban a month to prepare for you. I don't care who you are, Jim Harbaugh, whoever. Um, this is going to be a very, very tough get for Michigan. I, they've not faced a lot of great teams. I mean, they played Ohio State. Uh, they had some good wins. But, you know, this is a different animal from what I, I – maybe I'm wrong and Michigan comes out and plays well. But I think there's – 
just too much to overcome here, especially when you have a quarterback, Jalen Milrow, who's playing out of his mind right now. And, and I, I think that it's going to be a tough matchup. And then on the other side, I think that's going to be an absolute shootout between Washington and Texas. The difference for me is while both teams have tons of firepower and Texas stops the run really well, Washington will not care about that. They just love to fling the ball around. They play kind of like, you know, playground backyard football like you and I played when we were kids. They just throw the ball and go get it. And I think they're fun to watch, and I think they win in a shootout. They have a great offensive line. They'll protect Mike Penix. And they've played in a lot of close games. They have a lot of experience in playing very tough games to keep themselves undefeated, and I think that will work in their favor, and they'll win that game. And then I've got, uh, you know, I'll say Alabama wins the championship. I know mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't want to hear that, but I, I think, that, you know, this is their time right now. They, they lost one game. It was to Texas. As we find out, that's not a bad loss at all. Uh, and yeah. I think they're going to come away with the win. It's been their time for about 20 years. Anyway, I'm going to pull for Washington. Uh, so we've got big games today on the NFL slate, including Chiefs Bengals here on KMOX. Uh, but last night was a crazy game. Cowboys Lions, a great uh, contest that ended on a weird note with a touchdown by an offensive lineman called back because he didn't report to the official weird. Yeah, but he did, you know, report to the official and the official says that he didn't, but he did. I mean, if you look at the video, it's very plain and simple that 68 goes to the official and says, I'm the eligible receiver. The problem is, and that lineman number 68 is Taylor Decker, that the official's eyes were looking a different direction at number 70, Dan Skipper, who Mm -hmm. was pretty far away, but was walking in his direction. And he assumed that 70 was the eligible receiver, but 70 says he never said that. So you have a controversy on your hands. You have two different sides on this. The officials are saying one thing. The Lions are saying the other. I I think this is a big slip-up by the officials and that the Lions are in the right here, and it's a a real question to the NFL as to where their officiating is. I think a conversation needs to be had. You cannot let a game end this way. I mean, you've got to have more clarity in a situation like that, the Lions say they told the officials before the game that they were going to run that play to 68. They explained the whole thing, and they still got it wrong. You can, can you imagine an NFL playoff game, let alone a Super Bowl, being decided by this? It's ridiculous. Now, that said, the Lions, I think, were trying to confuse the Cowboys. So they sent three offensive linemen to the official to try to mask, I think, who the eligible receiver would be, and it ended up blowing up in their face. Mm-hmm. It confused not the Cowboys, but the officials. Yeah. <laughs> so the officials didn't know what was going on. So that's what happened. The Lions lost the game. By the way, why are the Lions on that second, after uh-huh. they get penalized, why don't they just kick the extra point? For the third it? time. <laughs> so they – right. Well, the second time they got – it was an offsides on Dallas, so now you're back down – you know, tight on the goal line. So that I can understand. But that second attempt where you've just been penalized five yards, now you're all the way back. Why are you, why don't you just kick it? You're saying, you're telling me the analytics say you need a, a seven, eight yard play for a two point conversion over an extra point. And that you know, I would just send the game to OT at that point and forget it. But they're going for the win. They didn't get that. They got a third chance, didn't get that. And the Lions lost the game 20 to 19. I know you have a big event coming up, Unplugged with Ollie Marmol. That's exciting. That'll be fun, January 18th. And look, you know, Ollie Marmol drew a lot of criticism this year. The Cardinals manager is the face 
and he's going to take the brunt of the Cardinals finishing 20 under 500. I've talked to him about this, and this was partly his idea. You know, he wanted to get together with the fans and be able to talk to them and answer their questions, and so we will do that at Tapawingo on January 18th. Beef tenderloin dinner, two complimentary drinks. It's $75 a person. And you come down and sit with us, and I will ask him some questions. Then we'll open it up to the audience. It's not going to be broadcast on KMOX. It's just Ollie Marmel, the Cardinals manager, wanting to spend some time with the fans and answer all of their questions. So we'll do it. It should be fun. KMOX.com slash events. And that's definitely going to sell out. And what do you have? Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, on uh, sports on a Sunday morning? We have Matt Pauley. We'll look back at the year in review. We will have Travis Ford. We'll have Dan Deerdorf on the show today. We'll look at the Blues 4-2 to loss to the Penguins and much more on KMOX. And finally, Cardinals winter warm-up is in two weeks. I think pitchers and catchers report in about 45 days. It's almost baseball season again. They will <laughs> report right around Valentine's Day and then the first game on KMOX will be about a 12 days after that, and then we'll have opening day on March 28th. Winter warm-up is great. It's downtown at Ballpark Village and Bush Stadium, and you can go on the Cardinals website for that, uh, cardinals.com slash WWU. I did look at the autograph ticket list, and a lot of the players are sold out. Mm. So make sure that you have the player that you want. You can grab some autograph tickets, you know, take a picture with them, all that good stuff. Thanks, Tom. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.